My name is Eric Strader, and I'm going to get rid of you. You wouldn't dare. Huh? Wouldn't I? Annabelle would hate you, Christy would hate you, and I would hate you. <laughs> And I'm Noah, and you're listening to the final episode of this season of A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Yeah. (laughs) And it's our final nibble of the Twilight Zone. This is our last venture into the fifth dimension, courtesy of Rod Serling. We do, we do, we do, we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bittersweet, but all good things have to come to an end. Oh, no. But all ends have a beginning. What's that? Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Who is that? Uh, it's I think it's from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, I was like, you're either doing a kid's song or you're doing like a simple plan. It's it's something like that. I don't know. Hey, guys, comment below if you know what lyric that is. <laughs> I only know the lyrics. I don't know who it's attached to or really the tempo or the melody. <laughs> That's fun when we don't know what we're singing. <laughs> it's just buried deep in my little brain. Can you guess that sound? All right, before we get into the big episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter at a bite of pod. Also, we have a Discord and a Patreon if you want to support the show in a different way. We have a Patreon episode coming out for this month pretty soon, and we're recording this last episode in the house that we're currently in because we moved. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Super excited. To Lots another dimension. Yeah, so it, our episode, our season couldn't be ending at a better time because we need to get that place settled and the little studio set Yo, up. We got to paint. We got to like get new floors. It's like there's stuff. Stuff is happening. There's a lot. So there's that's also lot. why we haven't been super active on social media because we've been pretty busy. Okay. But we're here now and we're going to revel in this very last episode of the season before yeah. we pick back up next month. I'm like a little sad. I'm like a little sad that the season is ending because this is like a childhood memory filled stroll down good times lane for me. Yeah, for a lot of people. But who's to say we can't go back? I mean, we've only done what? This will be 12 episodes. Yeah. And there's like hundreds of there's Twilight like Zone over episodes. 200. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> we could always come back for a number two. Yeah. With some one. fun new categories. And speaking of categories and themes and phobias, Noah, would you like to introduce us to this week's theme? I, yeah, I guess. It's one that people don't really care about, but it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just what? kidding. This is the one that people have wanted us to do. There's a specific episode in this episode that we're going to be covering that people have wanted us to do, and we're doing it. We wouldn't leave you hanging. We heard you, Kara. We got you. (laughs) Don't be mad at us, please. We did it. So this episode is Fear the Doll, (laughs) which I think, I mean, how could we not do an episode with things that are supposed to be inanimate, but they're not really inanimate, or are they inanimate? I mean, we had the mannequins in the last episode, but this one is coming into your home. Yeah. And that brings me to my phobia for this one. The very last phobia for the season. And the reason why in the last episode I didn't do a specific phobia is because this one is tied 
Tuophobia I could have done on the last one. Yeah, you were panicked. You were shooketh last episode. It was too similar. It was too much. I skirting, skirting yeah. around the subject. So this phobia is pediophobia, which is the fear of dolls. Obviously, I mean, it's very on the nose, but how could I not? I wonder where that root comes from. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want to look. Sounds I don't know. Like also though, feet like podiatrist. <laughs> Ew. It all goes. I I'm not a feet, foot person. I was going to say a feet person. Either way, I'm not a bottom of the body type of person not not a Whoa. fan what <laughs> news to me <laughs> i don't like feet i do not like feet. you said bottom of the body that's a very large region not that <laughs> bottom i like bottoms just not feet bottoms <laughs> by the way no and i will get messages on our um bearded duo account asking us about our feet even when our feet, aren't even, our feet aren't even in the picture. Yeah, this is a weird segue, especially when I'm talking about a phobia about dolls. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's true. We ha- we have a a couple Instagram that we have that we've had for quite a while. And people, if we post a picture of our wedding photos or anything like that, people are like, I bet you have nice feet. We're like, Show me Why? your feet. <laughs> I'm, I, it's a cake. I don't know. <laughs> What yeah, I mean, listen, no judgment on people who enjoy feet, but oh, the thing is, is that our feet are nowhere near the photo. Yeah, and I'm not going to show you my feet. You've probably seen them in past photos, but still, it's, <laughs> it's not my thing. I'm not, I don't like my feet. Anyway. I'm sorry, pedof- pe- what is it? Pedophilia. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly where you didn't want to go. <laughs> I was put on the spot and I went to my worst nightmare. <laughs> Pediophobia, Louise, the fear of dolls. So it is believed to be a type of automatonomophobia. Oh, automatons. Which, almost, it's the fear of human-like, humanoid-like figures. So that statues are mannequins. Mm. And that's why I didn't do the mannequin fear, because there's no actual fear of mannequins, just the fear of human-like figures. So some people are afraid of all dolls and stuffed animals and toys, while others fear only specific types. So there are people that can be fine with like stuffed animals, but other people are also just scared of like the vintage doll, kind of like Taki Tina. Stick around for my episode. You'll know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) So dolls that can talk and move or old fashioned China dolls are specifically common targets of fear. I get it. It's especially with how pop culture is. We've seen too many scary dolls. Annabelle, I'm looking at you. I don't. I'm I'm done. I don't want them. I love that in real life, Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual Annabelle. The actual yeah. Annabelle Not is scary. a Raggedy Ann. No. Not scary at all. No. The new Annabelle is terrifying. Oh, yeah. So, pediophobia and children. Many parents want their children, specifically little girls, to love dolls. Doesn't matter if it's girls or not. I got this specifically from Very Well Mind, so I'm I'm kind of quoting here. Very Well Mind, get general out of your head. <laughs> they said specifically little girls, but they kind of left it open, which mm-hmm, is fine. Mm-hmm. They may become distressed if their child screams or cries when a doll is present. It is important to keep in mind, though, that small children are just learning to separate fantasy from reality. So a doll which appears to be human but is not can be terrifying to a child who doesn't yet understand the concept, which kind of makes sense. You know, those those videos of those people that there's those toys that repeat back to you what you do. Oh, yeah. And it kind of terrifies the, the child. Yeah. It's kind of the child's not able to register that that's What's not a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. 
So most phobias, especially pediophobia, is not diagnosed in children unless it persists more than six months. So that's an interesting little fact because most children will be kind of scared of dolls because it's like, why is this tiny little mommy or daddy <laughs> being weird and sitting on my shelf the whole time? Uh-huh. It makes sense. But if it keeps persisting, then they kind of get diagnosed with okay. pediophobia. It comes officially yeah. phobia. So pediophobia in pop culture and pop culture is a huge reason why a lot of people have phobias. And pediophobia is no different because, like I said earlier, Annabelle, Child's Play, stuff like that. And specifically, The Living Doll from The Twilight Zone, which catapulted this whole genre of stuff, is to blame for why a lot of people have these fears. Because a lot of people might not even be exposed to dolls, Mm -hmm. but only in Child's Play, Annabelle, and stuff like that. So it's just immediate fear for them. It's pretty interesting. They're possessed by demons, so. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, or serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, spoiler alert. You have been alerted for spoilers because there will be spoilers ahead. Yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you haven't watched these episodes by now, go watch them and come back. <laughs> yeah, hit pause, I guess. So let us officially take a bite of The Twilight Zone, The Dummy, and Living Doll. So yeah. I'm up first uh, with The Dummy, which was from season three, episode 33, premiered on May 4th, 1962, and it was written by Rod Serling and based on a story by Lee Polk. Okay. So it's one of those episodes. Most of them are one of those episodes. <laughs> based on a story by yeah. someone else. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to be able to do my Rod Serling voice. I have to, though. It's the last one. If you don't do it on this one, what was this whole thing for? Meet Jerry Etherson. (laughs) Best friend is a liquor bottle and ventriloquist extraordinaire. Jerry is convinced that the wooden dummy named Willie sitting on his lap is no ordinary mute puppet. Jerry is sure Willie wants to run the show. He relates his fear to his manager, but Frank thinks Jerry is going off the deep end. In desperation, Jerry tries to destroy the dummy. But this is the Twilight Zone, the one place where a dummy can truly enjoy the last laugh. So, we open on a club with a ventriloquist, a.k.a. Jerry, and his dummy, a.k.a. Willie, on stage. The curtains here actually remind me of the new Twilight Zone episode, the one with Camille Nanjiani, right? It Mm -hmm. feels like it's giving a nod to that. That was a really good episode, by the way, the comedian. I think it was the first one. It was. It It was the first one of the whole new series. Yeah. And so we see that this crowd very much enjoys this act. I mean, Willie spins his head and these people are like bowled over. Can we, like, just for a second, can we just talk about Willie the dummy? Like, I'm not scared of ventriloquist dummies. Why aren't they called puppets? I should have looked that up. Why aren't, (laughs) like, why aren't they puppets? Like, there's marionettes. I kind of get that. Right. Marionettes have strings. Yeah. And then there's puppets, which you put your hand through them. Right. And you kind of do that for dummies. I don't know. Anyway, it's dummies are dummies, but I'm not scared of them. I just don't like them nor care for them. But specifically, this one, I definitely do not like. Yeah. It has too much human hair. It's the brows for me. The eyebrows, they're quite menacing. He's, he's a, it's a very distinct look. And it is menacing. And I feel like in like in my mind, he has flaming red hair. 
as well. Oh, that's true. Which like makes it like as a ginger beard man, I feel like I can say this. The ginger dummy is frightening. It is. And I never got the appeal of them. Of a ventriloquist? Yeah. Ventriloquist? Like, I think the act of being able to, like, disguise you actually mouthing the words is kind of cool. But, like, you know, like the whole Jeff Dunham thing, like, it just never... I mean, one, America's Got Talent. What? Like, a ventriloquist once won America's Got Talent. And I'm pretty sure a young girl ventriloquist also won America's Got Talent a second time. That's interesting. I don't know. I would just never go out of my way to be like, oh, there's a ventriloquist in town. Let me go there or let me pay money to go see this. I agree. As I was watching this, like I was watching the audience in this club, like just doubling over. I think at this time, what they had, I mean, I guess they had TV, but mostly radio shows. Where like they did not have TikTok, so they don't know comedy. (laughs) They didn't. Or podcasts to listen to. No, they did. They had radio shows. Never mind. What am I talking about? Either way, I would choose a radio show over whatever this is, this club act. Right. And it seems like his acts are like five minutes long. Yeah. He They're tells, not long. He tells like two or three jokes. Gone. These people are guffawing. Yeah. And then he's like, good night, everybody. Yeah. And then he runs away. And so that's what he does. He tells a couple of jokes. Everybody's laughing. He says, good night, everybody. And like Willie, quote unquote, like tries to get more time on stage. So what does our ventriloquist do? He puts his hand over his mouth. But guess what? Willie bites him. Yeah, he makes it seem like it's part of the act, and then you see his finger after it, and it actually has bite marks on it. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay. There's an indentation in the skin. Don't like it. Alluding to the fact that Mr. Dummy chomped him. Yeah. Right? So he goes back into his dressing room, and he's sitting there. And we see this moment of him staring in a mirror, and we can see Willie in back of him in, in the reflection. And every time they cut away from the mirror, Willie is looking in a different direction. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, just at the mirror. Yeah. Every time they cut away, I I loved it. I love stuff like that because it's so subtle, but it's also like, oh, is it going to happen this time? Is it going to happen this time? And it does every time. And you're like, Okay. I don't like it because yeah. you also don't know what's happening at this moment. Like Jerry is a very sweaty individual. I feel like a lot of the paranoid characters in the Twilight Zone to show that they're sweaty or sweaty, show that they're paranoid or whatever, they have to be sweaty. Well, at least in Jerry's defense, he was just on stage. He was under the lights. He was doing a show. Yeah, yeah. I don't see show. any of those dancers being all sweaty like he is that's true those dancers i don't understand those dancers they're a little shifty themselves but i like the dancers well later on they're like i would go watch the dancers over a dummy okay come come for the dancers stay for the dummy no no (laughs) i'm out one drink i'm out (laughs) done he said what's the drink minimum here i'm leaving yeah (laughs) so while this whole Looking at the mirror, not looking at the mirror scenes happening. Jerry reaches for a little nip in the lower drawer of the vanity. Okay, so he's, he wants to take a little sippy sip. In walks Frank. Who I thought I, his name was Mike. The manager walks in. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong because I thought the dummy's name was Billy this entire time. So in my notes, it says Billy. But I know for a fact it's Willie. So do not quote me. The manager walks in. Go back. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. So I'm going to go with Frank. <laughs> go ahead. I said, 
closer to the TV usually. <laughs> so Frank walks in, he spins Willie's head, which makes Jerry panic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And we learn that Jerry may have a drinking problem, but Frank tells him he should stop and that he could have amounted to something. But instead, he's in these small two-bit nightclubs drinking in a bat room. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, I could have helped you make it big, but you keep staying here. And you got to move on. Kid. Yeah, it seems like he he definitely he's known him for a while and he's like still on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, well, guys, he needs help. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't berate him for his career failures or possibilities. Maybe just like, I don't know, help him a little more. <laughs> yeah. Don't just be like, you could have been more, right. you jerk, and right. then leave. It's like he's obviously dealing with something. And what Jerry says to Frank is, I can't get rid of him. So not only does Jerry have like maybe a drinking problem, he also has a willy problem. He definitely has a willy and a drinking problem. Like yes. it's <laughs> apparent. Yeah. And apparently nightmares. Lots of nightmares. He's yeah. been to therapists. He's tried to get help, but nothing helps it because no matter what he does, I mean, Willie is alive, right? Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. Willie's bitten him. Willie has looked at him in the mirror. That is I have two notches in the alive yeah. category. I have some theories about this, but in specifically one of the biggest like red flags in this conversation that he has with Mike slash Frank slash the manager is he mentions that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, like paranoid schizophrenia, which is a big red flag only in that everything that we see past this, it only kind of goes downhill from there. But a lot of it seems like it's very isolated in what's happening to him. Because usually in the Twilight Zone, if something like big is happening, then it's kind of like, okay, is this really real or was this person... Not imagining it, but was it just happening to them? So it's interesting. Yeah, I but I, 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 I see that. But I think that in the Twilight Zone, there's always the one detail that's sort of the red herring for everyone else in the story. But we know as the viewer what's really going on. Maybe. I mean, he walked out of 110 performances because he couldn't deal with it. So, I mean, who knows what's happening? Willie's <laughs> playing mind games. Willie man. is not great. Willie I mean, is a prima donna. That's let's what also it like. Yeah, he wants a spotlight, but also let's think of it like so your dummy has come alive and is controlling your life and you I guess he turns to alcohol to sort of make himself feel better, but on the outside what everybody else is seeing is that he has a drinking problem and now he thinks his doll is alive. Yeah, I mean, who's to say what's really real and what's not? It's the tri- it's the Twilight Zone, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. So basically, his manager is like, why don't you try something else? Because I'm giving you a day to get over this. He's like, 24 hours, if you don't get rid of Willie and start something new, you're done. Out of here. I mean, not- ultimatums can work. The old tomato. Right? Mm-hmm. So another dummy sits in a trunk, and we meet the one and only... Goofy goggles. Guys, this one, it's not scary, obviously, on purpose, but it's like, what is that? <laughs> what is this? What is this dummy? My name is Goofy Goggles. I don't, I feel like there is a Jeff Dunham character of his puppets, dummies, 
that is based off of goofy goggles. Well, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Like we've said in past episodes, the Twilight Zone is the seed for other things to have grown, right? Rightfully so. So yeah. if you think of Slappy from R.L. Stein's Goosebumps, you think of Jeff Dunham characters. I mean, it all feeds back to this in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Right? So good old goofy goggles. He's a wholesome dummy. And Jerry feels like, all right, you know what? It's my time. I'm going to move on with Goofy Goggles. But guess who's sitting on the couch, maxing and relaxing? Good old Willie, who shoots him a wink. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. All right. So, again, more proof. So now we have the bite, the head shifting, and the wink. Mm-hmm. Willie's alive. All right. when he's by himself. How dare you? I'm not disagreeing. I'm just trying to analyze the episode a little bit. As the viewer, we mm-hmm. have to support our main man, Jerry. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> we get this weird scene between Frank and the club owner, which seems sort of out of nowhere. And the club owner's like, why is he always running away? He's got to stick around and talk to the crowd. And I, I don't know the point of this scene. It's, it's more, he's, he, the club owner is like noticing that he's not like the other performers that are usually there. We, we get a scene in between this. It, it seems like, like the dancers are all like, you know, they, they do their dance, but they also entertain outside mm-hmm. of that. And and Jerry does have a good relationship, specifically, I think her name is Maria. Marina. Marina. Well, I mean, whatever starts with an M. <laughs> I was closer this time than Mike and Frank. Those aren't even remotely close. But, you know, it seems like he has a close relationship with the performers and specifically his manager. But outside, behind the curtain and behind, like, outside of backstage, he does not. He doesn't care. And I don't know if that's because he feels like he has to stay around Willie or what. But it seems like kind of the normal thing is to schmooze in the crowd. Mm. And because you're contracted with the club, mm-hmm. so you're an employee with the club. It's not like you go to an open mic night, you do your thing and you're done. You know, owe nothing to that bar or club or coffee shop that you're at. This one, it's like, no, you work for this. We pay you. You need to make sure people are drinking more. So the money get the pay, money gets. It's sort paid. of like the unsaid part of the deal, right? Right to be there, but he don't care. No, because he's got to get. Huh. Also, one of the dancers I just wanted to say, Marina. Maybe it wasn't Marina. One of the two, but she was like, "Make me talk, Jerry," and I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> Stick your hand on my butt. And make yeah, me talk. I was like, "Girl, <laughs> not okay." Right, but it does come into play later. Yeah, yeah. So Jerry has a good run on stage with good old goofy goggles. He comes back into the room. He puts Willie in the trunk, and he's like, listen, I'm going to set you ablaze, young man, because I found a new star, and his name is Goofy Goggles. (laughs) So he locks him in the trunk. He sets out to leave. Frank whooshes in and tells him that he wants him to go chat with the customers, and he's like, no, I'm leaving. Tell them I got to go. And Frank's like, you need medical help. I'm done with you. Right? So whatever. He leaves for the night with our friend Willie locked in the trunk. And as he's setting out for the evening, Willie is calling to him in what I'm calling some sort of like Brooklyn accent, like old school Brooklyn accent. He reminds me, there's a character that's specifically in Batman comics and was in the animated show, Mm -hmm. Scarface. It's a doll. The guy made the doll, but the yeah, doll's yeah, also yeah. real, but it's like also the guy. It sounds like that. It's just yeah. like for some reason, dummies always have like a mobster-ish kind right. of New York yeah. docs accent. So yeah. it's so weird. I don't know if it's because of the dummy this episode, but it's like, are they all made from the same driftwood? 
that comes from the same dock. Absolutely. No. You're not going to leave me in a stuffy old trunk, are you? Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, old spot. You wouldn't lock me in a trunk. And then as he's moving on, he says more stuff. He's like, didn't you forget, Willie? I love that in this scene when he's walking out, he has goofy goggles in his arms, nothing else. So I'm like, are you going to walk to Kansas City? Not a bag. Yeah, you're going to walk to Kansas City from New York to Kansas City like that, just sitting on a bus with your dummy, goofy goggles. Okay, (laughs) I have to admit something. What? In my notes, in my notes... I have the, that the dancer's <laughs> name is Noreen. <laughs> What's right? Why this would is we why say Marina? Closed captions are a blessing. We usually, why did we not watch any of this with closed captions? We because used to watch everything with closed captions. We're moving, we're doing all this stuff. We just didn't think about it. And also, side note, the Paramount Plus app sucks, so... <gasps> it's terrible. It is terrible, it's and we had so to watch bad. all of these on there, even though we literally have the entire Twilight Zone collection on DVD. Don't know why Blu-ray. We Blu-ray. Well, yeah, same thing. Higher quality. <laughs> is it in color? <laughs> no, but it's crisper. <laughs> okay. It's crisper. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> anyway, the dancer comes out, and she's like, okay, Jerry, I'm going to go. And he's like, wait, get back here. Uh, yeah. I want to take you for a drink. Let's get together. He, he starts manhandling her. He starts touching her. She starts to panic. She runs away. It gets real, it, real gross. He, he tries to, like, I don't know what he's doing in this scene. He's obviously manic and panicked. And he's trying to, I don't know, like, get away from being by himself with Willie. He wants something different to happen. He wants to be around somebody else to, like, kind of anchor feel him. Feel safe. Yeah, and feel safe. Right. And he just does it too aggressively. It's not a good look, my guy. No. And rightfully, she ran away from him. But that's not how you ask somebody to go for, on a drink. No. no. So left alone in the alley, he panics, runs back in his dressing room, in the dark, opens the trunk, and smashes, smashes, smashes the dummy, who he thinks is Willie. But he turns the light on, and who is it? It's poor old Goofy Goggles. Goofy now. Goofy now. And who's sitting on the couch? Cackling? I also didn't really care for him either. <laughs> goofy Goggles. Yeah. But who's sitting on the couch laughing? Willie. And what does Willie do? He gaslights Jerry. He's like, guess what? You made me. You made me a monster. You put the head, the thoughts in my head, the words in my mouth, and look at me now. I want to say, up until this point, I even have this in my notes, that I, I forgot to say it, but I was like, you don't really see the dummy at all in this episode. There's like outlines of him you see him in the beginning and then kind of when he's put in the trunk. But yeah. you mostly hear his voice in this whole big scary point and this big climactic point. You don't see willy at all and i'm like oh why can't we see the doll like why aren't we seeing the doll but then this whole scene where he's like on the couch and physically talking to him by himself and all this stuff i literally wrote my notes okay never mind i don't want to see the dumb anymore i get why they did this and i don't like it isn't it insane that like this wooden dummy is so scary yeah. And, um, like, as you're watching it, his mouth is moving with, like, every other syllable, but it's still quite frightening. Yeah, it's not. He's also is, very manipulative. <laughs> he's not great. Even if he was a real person, he wouldn't be nice. Like, no. I don't want this to be a Pinocchio situation because it's like, you're just a shitty person regardless. Like, how dare you yeah. I mean, manipulate let's, Jerry? Uh, manipulate Jerry and also 
get your good friend Goofy Goggles killed. Well, Goofy wasn't real, as Jerry pointed out. He's like, he's not alive, but that other one is. Let's, let's just take a moment of silence for, for, for Goofy, Goofy Goggles. Goggles. But I do want to say it is interesting that like a lot of times, especially when it's a doll involved, why? Why is this dummy alive? Like, what? We get no backstory in this. And that's one of the beautiful things about the Twilight Zone. But this one specifically, I'm like, okay, Willie is dressed in a navy, like dress blues. I'm like, is this the guy that was in the hitchhiker uh, that was with our dear old caboodle oh, carrying? Oh, 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 the, the sailor. Yeah, the sailor that she mm. picked up. I'm like, is this him? Probably not. But why the sailor outfit? Like, what is going on? Because it's cute for a, for an act for a little for a little ventriloquist act. <laughs> There's just usually a story, so I'm just I curious mean, what that story yeah, is. Yeah, maybe I agree, but like, I don't know if it would have made it any better if like we found out that he was made from a cursed piece of wood. You know right. what I mean? We're but just that's sort of, the beautiful thing about the Twilight yeah. Zone is we don't know that. I like that we're just thrown into it. Yeah. So as Willie is basically berating Jerry and telling him that it's all his fault. We see Jerry kneel before him and basically acquiesce to our wooden friend. In the next scene, again, Jerry and Willie are introduced to a stage in Kansas City. And he made it. <laughs> he did it. He went and became famous in other parts of the country. But as they pan around, we see that the ventriloquist is actually Willie and the dummy is now Jerry. I hate it. I hate this part because somehow it's more terrifying than the situation that was already happening. And did you notice that they swapped the names when they introduced them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Willie is now Jerry and Jerry is now Willie and they have their faces are swapped. Willie won. It's the most unsettling thing. I didn't think that a dummy could be more scary, but that dummy looks like the prelude to Team America World Police. Yeah. Like, it's but a bigger version. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they actually, so when they made the dummy, they based it on a caricature of the actor who plays Jerry. Yeah. And so that's why it has, like, those big exaggerated features. But the thing that's so spooky about the person that's playing Willie now, the, like, human-sized person, is that he still has the exaggerated features of the dummy. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. It's he even so has creepy. the eyebrows. Yes. They knew. They knew the eyebrows were the quintessential moment of creepiness. Yeah. I Like, this is one of those episodes where it's like, do I think that, like, the the frantic paranoia is as good as, like, 20,000 feet? Nightmare at 20,000 feet? That's, I was just going to end it at we that. We knew. We knew. We knew. But no. But the payoff to this one is so good. And I know we've said that every single episode we're doing, some of these episodes you're watching and you're like, oh my God, come on. Like, what is happening here? Like, I'm not getting scared. I'm not whatever. But it's like, oh, that payoff, like that one scene, they're only 20 minutes long, that 10 seconds of just like, fuck, mm. yikes. <laughs> you you know, you have to wonder, like, we talk a lot about the social sort of social commentary that the Twilight Zone episodes make, but it's like, this one is like, don't let the art take over the artist like or is it just like no dummies are dumb yeah dummies are dumb it's like I don't it. like rod serling's like you know what i don't like ventriloquism yeah <laughs> end of episode did you do the end narration i never do the end narration only you do no the only one i ever did was nan was was the hitchhiker are you serious totes 
Why? Because Why I never I just now. Re- <laughs> <laughs> what surprise? You're in the twilight zone. Oh, I like the end narrations. Okay, weird. I did not realize that. Okay, I could find it. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a, a sip of my drink because I'm just flabbergasted. He said, um, "You better do that end narration because I'm parched." <laughs> if you're hearing the clink. It's if you're listening to this in the morning, it's iced coffee. If you're listening to it at night, it's an adult drink. <laughs> oh my god, I read the wrong thing for the monologue. What? I read the wrong thing for the monologue. What are you talking about? I <laughs> This is not live, by I'm the way. On the Twilight Zone wiki and I was reading from the CBS video library cover. Remember, because like the monologue, we were like, has so many twisty, turny words. What did you read? I just told you. I read the, the CBS cover. Li- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's give you redemption and do the opening monologue now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way to end this season. <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. Uh, and then I'll read the closing one since Noah's crying. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <clears throat> You're watching a ventriloquist named Jerry Etherson. A voice thrower par excellence. His alter ego sitting atop his lap is a brash stick of kindling with the so. Oh, <laughs> what word is that? With the so. S O B R I Q E T. What is that? Just go. Keep going. Okay. Skip it. <clears throat> In a moment, Mr. Etherson and his naughty pine partner will be booked in one of the. Out of the way bistros, <laughs> that small, dark, intimate place known as the Twilight Zone. We do, we do, we do. Closing narration. Oh God! <laughs> What's known in the parlance of the times as the old switcheroo, from boss to blockhead, in a few uneasy lessons. And if you're giving to a night, what? <laughs> what is wrong? What? Why is this happening? Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, yeah. And if you're given to nightclubbing on occasion, check this act. That's weird. It's called Willie and Jerry, and they generally are booked into some of the clubs along the gray night way known as the Twilight Zone. That was a weird end narration. You made me I definitely didn't. Replay the tapes. You know what's fun, though? I will say this, which they cut out of the Twilight Zone marathons. When you watch it on Paramount Plus, they play the like little preview of the next week and they go, and now Mr. Serling. Yeah. And he acts like it's a surprise every time. He's like, oh, hi there. And he talks about the next episode. That's fun. That is really fun. I I like that. But um, RIP Goofy Goggles. I mean, I didn't like him. RIP Jerry. Well, he's still there. All hail Overlord Willie. Of course. Free Willie. <laughs> free. Don't free Willie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to my episode. Go. The very last one of this season <gasps> on a bite of. The last episode we're going to peer into the Twilight Zone. It is The Living Doll <laughs> from season five, episode six from November again. 1963. I did look back, and there's only, I think, one of my episodes that I did that wasn't in November. Really? So all of my episodes are in November, which is also my favorite time of year, so I don't know what that's saying about also me. Also when we got married. Oh, yeah. How about that? That, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not my favorite time of year, but whatever. Well, 
It happened. Yeah, that's. I, it is. That's why we picked it because it's my favorite time of year. Anyway, opening narration before I dig myself into a hole. <laughs> Too late. Taki Tina, the doll that does everything, a lifelike creation of plastic springs and painted smile. To Eric Strader, she is the most unwelcome addition to his household. But without her, he'd never enter the Twilight Zone. I'm going to preface this with I hate the way Eric is spelt. In this episode, it is spelt, mm-hmm. and I thought it was E-Rich. It is E-R-I-C-H. Wow, that's bizarre. Right, but it's Eric. That's Yeah, that makes sense. Right, it's like you kind of just take away the H, and then it's Eric how we know it. I kind of like it with the H. <laughs> I don't. I'm leaning into it. I don't like him, so Bring it back. therefore I don't like it. Sure, sure. Well, no, he's <laughs> a horrible character. So opening scene, it's little Christy's birthday, and her mother, Annabelle, gives her a large box wrapped in pretty little paper. Annabelle tells Christy to go straight to her room and to not to show her dad. Eric immediately spots the thing the mom did not want him to see. What is it? Taki Tina. Now, can we just stop and talk a second about this opening scene? Because in this opening moment, we learn so much. A lot. Right? Or at least have a lot of questions. Right. So the mom tells her, run right upstairs. Don't let dad see. And when she steps out of the car, she comes around the front. She gazes at the house. And you can tell she's nervous. She's scared to go into her own home. She always, it's almost like she's going into a intense workplace. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you have to kind of build yourself up and you always have to put on an act. Like, that's how she... It's so sad. It is very sad. This episode, watching it l- when I was little, was scary. Right. Watching it a few times as an adult, by the end of it, I am rooting for talking. Oh, team. my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very much like it's, it's, it's domestic violence. I mean, let's be completely honest. Right. It's, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. 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 So Eric immediately spots Taki Tina. My name is, did I say it right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Chatty Kathy. No, nope. that's what she's based on. <laughs> so, my name is Taki Tina, and I love you very much. That's what she says. You wind it up. That's all she says, and her arms go back and forth. And she makes this noise. Yeah, she's very, it's very archaic. <laughs> yeah, loud noises. Right, loud it's not noise. quiet. No. Eric demands to know how much it cost. Annabelle says Christy has wanted this doll for months, and that she... Put it on the credit account, which infuriates him a lot more. Mm-hmm. I just love that, like, I should look this up. I wasn't obviously alive then. The credit account. Like, does every store back in the 60s, did you have a credit account with every store? Because there was no credit cards. I, I would think so. Right? I think you had a file at every store. and then Whoa. Yeah. So you could just be around town being like, put it on the account, put it on the account. Yeah. (laughs) And it's very clear that Eric doesn't necessarily care about the price of the doll. He just doesn't like that Annabelle's doing stuff. Like, it's clear. And she kind of mentioned something where he has other problems. Like, she's like, you don't even care about that. She's like, you're just, you just have other problems. You just care about other things. Yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest. Eric is the fucking worst. Yeah. He's awful. Yeah. Eric angrily states that Christy does not need another doll, and Christy flees from the room. It's her birthday, for crying out loud. She leaves Takitina behind. Annabelle follows Christy, and Eric examines the doll. He winds up the key on the back of the doll and hears it say, My name is Takitina, and I don't think I like you. 
Oh. Roasted. Guess who comes out of the gate swinging? It's our girl, Toki Tina. Yeah. He winds ding, the key ding, ding. again, and the key. And the doll says, my name is Toki Tina, and I think I could even hate you. <laughs> Roasted again. Let's go, Tina. This grown man gets so upset and throws TT, and she says, my name is Toki Tina, and you'll be sorry. I, I love her already. She's like, don't fuck with me. Guess what? She shoots from the hip. She's not afraid to say no. what she means, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Talkie Tina said, guess what? You're abusive. You made Christy cry. That's my new best friend. You're dead. It's really bad when a doll can come into a situation and already hate you and just seeing the family dynamic. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm going to kill you. In the house, less than 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Annabelle reenters. So not that it should matter, but in this particular scene... We do find out that Eric is Christie's stepdad. I do also hate in this scene that Annabelle seems to, she keeps trying to rationalize his abusive behavior. Like, you got more than you bargained for, two for the price of one. Like, I know that, you know, it's kind of, it must be hard for you, but, you know, just give it a chance, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that particular sentence made me think, like, did she not tell him that she had a kid? Surprise. Right. But also, we find out that he can't sire more children. So he's the infertile one. She's not. Well, that seems to be the real problem. Right. Right. So we found the root of the problem, or at least a big chunk of the problem, is that he's unable to have children. It's not her fault, which he makes it very clear or try to make it seem like it's her fault. And he's just mad at the situation. Yeah. And like, also, let's take a step back and not to be this guy, but like, Annabelle is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Christy is a delight. Like, this is the amazing family you're in, and you're not appreciative, and you're just a mean piece of crap. Yeah. How dare you? He's an asshole. He really is. And I I get, like, it. that must be devastating, but also, like, you should be fortunate enough that you're with an amazing woman, from what we can tell, and she has a kid. So it's not like you you got married to somebody, and then you're both going to have kids, and you have no kids. You have... A, what seems like a delightful little Christy. Yeah, and Christy is full on being like, Daddy, I love you, yeah. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Let's not, please, let's not even get into how she says Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's not like it's awkward. She's that, you're my dad. You're my daddy. Right. And he's still not there for it. No. Piece of shit. P.O.S. At the dinner table, Christy pretends to be Tina. Eric becomes annoyed and Annabelle says that Tina is good for Christy. And then it gives her someone to play with. Eric still believes Annabelle bought Tina as a reminder that they can't have their own children. I get that. Still doesn't make it seem okay. It does not make it okay. Yes. I went out today and bought our daughter a doll to remind you that we can't have children. Like, what? She's not mean to you. And she constantly is nice to you. And it it is interesting at this point because it's weird. Like, usually in the Twilight Zone, it's, like, very clear on kind of what is the supernatural thing or the thing that you're not supposed to be liking like who's the antagonist of the episode and you kind of think it's supposed to be the doll but every conversation we've had so far it's like eric is an asshole i am full-on rooting for talkie tina oh yeah absolutely 100 i love at the dinner table she throws him a wink wink <laughs> she's like you're dead wink. both of our <laughs> dolls winked they do i mean we That's don't how you plan know this. It's creepy. We don't plan this. <laughs> Willie blinked. W- blinked. Willie winked. Wink. 
Taki Tina winked. Wank. It's but just a sign of the devil. It's a sign of the devil, <laughs> but some devil you love. Taki Tina, yeah. hearts, love you. Do yeah, your thing. But not him. She's like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, yeah. Well, Wink. That's, oh, that's what we want her Wink. there for. Yeah. <laughs> so Eric does catch her winking, and the others obviously aren't looking at the doll. So he's the only one, again, experiencing this phenomena of this doll being alive. I just want to kind of step up, take a step back while we have a reprieve. They're at dinner right now. Mm-mm-mm. And I want to talk about these dolls. So the doll, doll. used doll, used for Takutina was produced by the Vogue Doll Company uh. between 1989 and 1961 and marketed under the name Briquette. You're welcome. <laughs> so Takutina's really Briquette. I'm confused briquette. about your timeline. That's when the doll was made. You went backwards. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> they used a doll that was made in 1961 and used it for this episode. You said 1989. 1959. That's not what you said. In 1961. <laughs> I know. And I'm staring at you like I did because the <laughs> listeners will hear me saying it. They went into the future. It's the Twilight Zone. <laughs> you went backwards. I was so confused. I was like, is this back to the future? I'm not used to saying times past the s- or b- below the 70s. So <laughs> give me some slack. Let me start over here. The doll used for Taki Tina was produced by the Vogue Doll Company between 1959 and 1961. Hearing that out loud, I did say the wrong date. <laughs> and marketed under the name Briquette. <laughs> Hola. Contrary to this deception on the Twilight Zone, Briquette was a non-talker. However, it is a televised portrayal as Tina was modeled after Chatty Cathy. Was it like Brigitte? Like, no. How's it spelled? B-R-I-K-E-T-T-E. Oh. Briquette. That's Briquette. That's why I said Briquette. I, I didn't get that wrong. It was like Brigitte. And no. maybe she was like French. Just because it's Vogue isn't mean it's French. Did Anna Wintour make this doll? No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was modeled after Chatty Cathy, a popular talking doll being manufactured by Mattel Toy Company at the time the living doll premiered. So it was modeled after that doll, but it was manufactured in the way of the talking doll at the gotcha. time. Gotcha. The voices are for both Talkie Tina and the original Chatty Cathy dolls were provided by June Foray. Okay, June. One of the lead voice actresses of the era. And I will say she's not credited in the episode. Rude. Right. But in the DVDs, the commentary, she actually speaks about it. And that's how she got her credit. But she does it as Talkie Tina the whole time. I hope not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That'd be the worst. Super spooky. My name's Taki Tina. My name's Jing. Yeah, don't like it. I'm going to kill you. So Eric, again, reminds Annabelle that they can have kids. Again, fuck off, you piece of shit. We're back at dinner. We get it. Christy goes outside to play and Annabelle leaves the table. Left alone with the doll, Eric hears it say, My name is Taki Tina and I'm beginning to hate you. Yes. Got him. He replies, my name, my name is Eric Strader, and I'm going to get rid of you. I love this immature exchange because it shows him as a person being super immature, arguing with a little girl doll. He get goes, over it. He stoops right down. Just walk out of the room. Yeah. No, 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 no. See, this is the thing about Eric. Eric brings up the dirty laundry every chance he gets, even though 
it really doesn't seem like any of it is Annabelle or Christie's fault. No, so at he's all. willing to come right down to a doll's level and be a brat. Yeah, because he's a, a sack of shit. He is. I hate him. Yeah. There, I said it. Taki Tina replies to him, you wouldn't dare. Annabelle would hate you. Christy would hate you. And I would hate you. <laughs> so Taki Tina gets in this family. She's like, I know these people's names. I know what they love and what they don't. And I'm going to get you, fool. Yeah, exactly. She's the hero of the story. A hundred percent. Don't forget it. Eric places the match next to Tina. Who gasps? <laughs> then you have feelings, he says. Talking Tina replies, Taki. Talking, talky, Tina replies. Not like talky, like the delicious fiery snack. Talky, like talk with a Y. Oh, I love a talky. I love talkies too. Mm. The blue one's not so great. I've never had those. Oh, I hate them. All right, I'll stay away. It's I'll the blue away. dye. I don't know. I don't like it. Talky Tina replies, doesn't everything? Eric then accuses Annabelle of placing a walkie-talkie or some type of microphone in Tina and speaking through the doll to get back at him. It's it's He's paranoid. That Annabelle and Christy are trying to get back at him for what exactly? I don't know, because he can't have children. Being the worst. I don't get it. I am obsessed with the term, get off it. They tell us in the mannequin episode. To get off it. They say it in the after hours, get off it. Let's bring it back to 2022. Hey, Noah. I don't know. Noah. Noah. What? Oh, yes. Get off it. (laughs) I thought you were just going to continue. I'm staring I at needed, you. I needed you to... I needed the back and forth for the effect of the joke. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, Noah. Yeah. Get off it. <laughs> no. Ow. It's weird. I don't know. I don't I don't think... I think I could work in like... Marcia. Certain situations where like the person's really annoyed that's just being an asshole and you could say that and like just get them more annoyed just to fuck with them. But like, I don't know. I think in like a normal situation, like if, I don't know, somebody's annoying me, like get off it. I'm like what? You know what though? I you know, and I also feel like with my accent, like my queens will come out, and I don't know if it'll be more or less effective. Be like, get off it. I don't know. Get off it. Yeah, but you don't talk like that. Like not with that. Like I don't know. You th- so you think I'd be more like a get off it? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, thousand percent, million percent. All right, we're gonna try it. Oh, Later. great! I can't wait. Later, it's gonna be heated. Anyway, <laughs> I love that Eric thinks that Annabelle. At this point, took the time to buy a doll, an expensive doll at this doll. point. Shut up. Why are you saying doll like that, like a New Yorker? I'm surrounded by you people. You know, I noticed today you didn't say Colorado. You said Colorado. That was weird. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> now you're saying doll. I love that Eric <laughs> thinks that Annabelle took the time to buy this expensive doll, put a walkie-talkie in it to fuck with him. You're not worth it. I don't think you're worth it. She might think you're worth it, but not to fuck with you to make you mad. She would never do that. She hasn't done anything at this point to do that. Eric finds TT in the garage later on, and he puts her in the trash can. As he puts her in the trash can, she says, you'll be sorry. Kill him already. Please. All you, you're just talking to talk Tina at this point. I mean, I need we- some action, action Ashley and oh. not talk Tina. <laughs> Do we think that, like, Talky Tina is looking to see if he's going to, like, chill out and maybe she can pull it back and not kill him? No. Okay. So she's just making the torture last longer. Well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I think she's fine when she's with Christy, but anytime she gets left alone with him, she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Great. If she could, she'd put the middle finger up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're all glued together. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -mm. So when Christy seeks out the doll, he tells her, 
He doesn't know where she is. This piece of scum enjoys it. He smiles while he's cracking his walnuts. I hate this scene. I don't like when people do that with food. And I don't like it when people get joy out of hurting little kids' feelings. Eric is the worst. I think I found the worst person in all of the Twilight Zone. It's in this episode, season five, episode th- three, six, nine. <laughs> Three, Multi- six, nine. Multiple of three. Six, I know six, it's six, a multiple six, six, of three. Six, six, six. Okay, six. See, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so later the telephone rings, oh. Eric answers, and the voice in the other line says, my name is Taki Tina, and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yay. Yes, yeah, Tina comes through. She says, what up, bitch? You're also, dead now. Also, I don't, like, how did she call? That's why at this point I'm like, is it a spirit? Is it a demon? Does she have a phone plan? Let me she, <laughs> let me tell you something about Talking Tina. She has an unlimited text and data plan, okay? And she can do whatever the heck she wants because guess what? She's getting ready to murder some people. It's probably also very irrational for me to ask this of a sentient doll that's trying to kill a stepfather. Yeah, I know. We're like very supportive of her plan to kill Eric, but at the same time, we're like, how did she get a phone? <laughs> how did she get a phone? How'd because- she get out of that garbage pal? <laughs> he goes and checks the trash can. She's gone. Be scared, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He again accuses Annabelle of teaming up with Christy at this point to frighten him. He declares, will the two of you stop it? He's getting scared now. I want her to stop at this point again, apologizing to him and catering to him. I don't know what he thinks that Christy, like, why would Christy agree to this? She's like seven years old. I don't know of a person that'd be able to be that attached to a doll, but then also be like, this is the the conduit that I'm going to use to channel all my seven-year-old rage into this stepfather. I can't wait to mess this guy up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric finds Tina in Christy's bed later. She was gone from the trash can, but when Christy goes upstairs after not being able to find Taki Tina, he finds her in the bed. This part is not okay. <laughs> Christy is asleep and the doll speaks to awaken her. Eric confiscates the doll as Christy cries and Annabelle rushes in. Eric says, the doll was in her bed. She's the one that's been doing it. Christy begs, daddy, daddy, please. And Eric, I'm not your daddy. What? This whole scene is so fucked up. <laughs> he grabs the doll and then manhandle pushes Christy into the bed. Yeah. It's not okay. Also, the worst part is he says, I'm not your daddy. Well- Listen. No, it's not This nice. guy, we already know, is the worst. So, of course, he's going to stoop to that low. That's not But nice. can we, for a second, no. talk about the acting chops on our young Miss Christie? I guess. She is full on, tears down the face, crying, Daddy, Daddy. They just have one of those very fine pinpoint sprayers and just shot her in the no, eye. not like a cat. <laughs> I believe this moment. I think she really got hurt. I think he broke her clavicle. Probably. It's not okay. Yeah. And they said, child acting laws, who needs them? Not us. Don't exist yet. Sorry, kid. <laughs> As Annabelle desperately tries to reason with Eric, he starts to come to the chilling realization that he, neither she nor Christy are the source of Tina's taunts. <laughs> Do you like that? I love alliteration. Thank you. Wow. I had to tell you to have a reaction, but it's fine. I did that one for you. I didn't even have a second to get to it. You didn't let me take a moment uh, to take it in. Now knowing that uh, 
He must destroy the doll. He returns to the garage with intent on destroying the doll. He first places the doll into a vice and tightens it, but the doll only looks at him and laughs. This is one of my favorite all-time scenes in the Twilight Zone. I love this whole scene. He then tries to use a blowtorch to burn Takitina, but the torch keeps extinguishing before reaching the doll. She's blowing it out. It's like she's blowing it out every time. She has the doll lung capacity to blow out a blowtorch. I don't have the lung capacity to blow out a blowtorch. That's some, that's skill. She was sent there to murder him. Of course <laughs> she, she has the, the skills. Lungs. Yeah. The demon lungs help Hello. Her. He then attempts to use the table saw on her. However, they only show sparks. Can't get through it. Well, he tries to destroy the doll. Annabelle does walk into the garage when she tries to stop him, believing to be bad and destroying what the child's toy. He angrily pushes her away. He loves to shove these two women, young girl, in the clavicle. This is like his favorite spot. I, 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 we have no sympathy for this character. None at all. I'm done with him. We're rooting for the doll. After Annabelle flees the garage, Eric looks at the doll's neck only to find that there's not even a scratch on it. (laughs) You go, Super TT. I'm here for you, Super TT. You wish, Eric. Invulnerable. You can't really move that much, but you can't get destroyed. And I love it. Realizing he is unable to destroy the doll, he puts it into a burlap sack. Ties a cord around it, then throws the doll back in the trash can and placing three heavy bricks on top of the lid. And he hears the doll laugh. <laughs> the doll's like, yeah, good luck. She's like, don't forget I know how to use a phone. <laughs> right, I'm just going to call you. <laughs> like, it's fine. I get great reception in this trash can. What up, turd? I'm going to get you anyway. Bye. Click. <laughs> we see that Annabelle and Christy are finally leaving. She's packing her bags. Thank God. I don't like that it took him... Trying to sh- destroy physically a toy. and physically abusing them. Yeah, but it was more like the catalyst was Takitina. And I, you know, you could have left probably before that. I'm not going to victim blame here, uh, but I just think it's funny from an outside standpoint being like, oh, once the doll was getting hurt, then you're like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, at least it was something. True. Something got him there. He returns to his bedroom to find Annabelle packing. How could I live with you after what you've done? She tells Eric, which he insists you you had to, to show your hatred towards me and to Christy. She states that he needs a psychiatrist, which I agree. He needs help of some sort. Eric insists that the doll was talking to him. But if he returns it, is everything going to be okay? I don't believe that. I don't. <laughs> but she does agree. She does agree. I'll stay if you return the doll. A lot is riding on this doll. Though. I know. I know. But I do like that that she does tell him that you're filled with blind you're filled with blind and unreasonable hatred. I'm like, yeah, that pretty much sums him up. But at least you notice that. I would have liked if she said, You're filled with brine, you abhorrent <laughs> ham. <laughs> Whoa. Because it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I'm adding that into my get off at repertoire. <laughs> you know how sometimes when you see people, you can, can kind of just see like you Ham? Can, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just like kind of, you're like, I, for some reason, know what you would smell like. And he, he smell he looks like he would smell salty mm. and very feedy. And like walnuts. No, walnuts are nice. Fresh cracked <laughs> Walnuts. No, I like walnuts. <laughs> Moldy, sweaty, salty walnuts. 
Anyway, she agrees to stay. <laughs> Returning to the trash can, he is relieved to see that Tina is still there. As he retrieves her from the can, it says, My name is Taki Tina, and I don't forgive you. <laughs> Eric hushes her, Shut up! Shut up! And he goes back to Christie's bedroom to hand her the doll reluctantly. Later that night, Eric is awakened to bed by muffled noises outside the door. Uh. I do like that they sleep in separate beds because it makes complete sense for that type of relationship. I don't want to sleep next to a ham. Also, I just think at that point in time, you didn't put two people in a bed on television. Well, I Love Lucy would beg to differ. They had separate beds. Not all the time. They pushed them together. Anyway. That was one of the trailblazing things about I Love Lucy. Put the beds together. (laughs) They were also married, so it's like... Well, well, that was the funny thing about this, is that couples who are married on TV, you would rarely see them in the same bed together. Stupid. So... We hear the continued sound of TT's gears, Takatinas. I keep having to clarify what I mean by TT. People know. They know. They you know. know by this point. They know. <laughs> Telling Annabelle to stay in the bedroom, he goes out of the bedroom to investigate. He looks into Christy's room, and Tina's gone. Oh! Tina. <laughs> he starts to walk down the stairs, but trips on Tina. <laughs> Landing on one, laying on one of the steps, tumbles uncontrollably down the long stairway. Tina falls down to the bottom of the stairs, landing inches away from where Eric lies, dying. Eric, with just enough fading strength to open his eyes, sees Tina looking at him as his vanquisher. (laughs) I just love painting this picture as like a triumphant Tina. (laughs) I do. This scene is hilarious because he doesn't take like that much of a tumble. And he like gets at the bottom of the stairs and he's just sort of like breathing heavily. And then he just full on dies. His head got smooth. He bust his head. He bust I mean, I am here head. for the death of Eric, but I'm just saying. It is one of the most uh, not well-acted deaths, yeah. but it is hilarious yeah. because Tina's whole plan, because apparently she can walk, but her whole plan was to be like, you know what's going to be funny? I'm just going to lay here. Watch, he's going to die. I'm just going to lay here and he'll die. Yeah, I feel like it was the most like doll murdery way a doll could murder someone just like being in the way yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like being a lego yeah exactly yeah. exactly like no knife or any or gun it was just like oops i was in the wrong place at the wrong yeah time. this is way before chucky and she yeah. she set the precedent but tina knew exactly yeah what she was doing annabelle of course hearing the ruckus of this giant ham falling down the stairs Oof. she sees a dead eric and annabelle picks up tina who chillingly warns her, my name's Talking Tina, and you better be nice to me. Guys. Yeah. So this is what makes me nervous about TT. <laughs> yeah. Right? Is that like the whole episode, we're like, kill him, TT, get him. And it's like, but then she's like, no one's allowed to cross me. Yeah, her little tiny doll-sized rage was pointed in the right direction, but she just might not like adults. But, like, what if at some point in time she ends up killing Annabelle and then turns on Christy? Yeah, well, okay, to be fair, Talking Tina was like, <laughs> Annabelle, yeah, I, I just killed him, so, like, be You're nice welcome. to me and we'll be fine. We'll be good. I, I helped you. She said, life insurance, you better buy me a premio dollhouse. Yeah. So, closing narration. Of course, we all know dolls can't really talk, and they certainly can't commit murder. I don't know, Rod Serling. Seems like they can. But to a child caught in the middle of turmoil and conflict, a doll can become many things. 
a friend, a defender, guardian, especially a doll like Talkie Tina, who did talk and did commit murder in the misty regions of the Twilight Zone. That's heavy. It almost feels like he's like lightly alluding to the fact that maybe Christy is the power behind Talkie Tina. Well, I could be. I, I took the. I I think that could be true for this episode. I took like as a bigger scope of things. It's he's kind of like talking about how a child in between two abusive parents or people yeah. that keep arguing, a doll could be a friend to them. Right, and but and I also think like if you take it a step further. It's like her fear of Eric and the home she's in is what propelled Tina to do those things. Yeah. I mean, good. Totally. So it was Christy all along. Yeah. I mean, they kind of looked alike. And now she's like, I got rid of Eric. Guess what, mom? You want to come for me? She better I'm not. I'm watching. <laughs> Leave Annabelle alone. Annabelle's great. I Christy's mean, Annabelle great. married this turd. Okay. You can't blame her for that. Sometimes you don't know that people are turds. <laughs> like all the gold rubs off and it turns out it was just a big chocolate turd the whole time. And it's not great. Not great at all. No. It wasn't gold at all. It was just turd. 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 A big old dump. Yeah. He's a big, turdy, sweaty, hammy. Walnut. Spiral cut ham that nobody wants to eat. Yeah. I love ham. I, I love ham too. Okay. Anyway. Right. Anyway, that's Taki <laughs> Tina. That's the living doll. And that's finally all of our episodes of The Twilight Zone in this season. I'm so excited, but we have one more. We can't end an episode nor a season without one lash Derek special segment. And that was, is, is, always will be, it was Earth all along. So maybe you thought I was going to talk about Annabelle, the possessed Raggedy Ann doll made famous by Ed and Lorraine Warren that now sits in a box in their blessed room with a warning positively do not open sign posted on it. You could have, yeah. Could have. Perhaps you wondered if I was going to talk about the haunted doll island in Mexico, Isla de las Muñecas, where hundreds of broken dolls hang from trees and move at night as they are possessed by the spirit of the little girl who drowned there. Okay, no, don't talk about that. Well, you're right. Absolutely not. Oh, good. (laughs) In honor of the final episode of our Twilight Zone foray, I will be sharing the case of the Cabbage Patch Snack Time Kids doll that ate children. What? (laughs) Okay, continue. I am am in. The Cherubic doll was advertised as only supposed to be eating plastic french fries, peas, and carrots. Okay. The motorized mouth would, (gasps) quote unquote, chew the food and then spit it out through a (laughs) hole in its back. Covered by a school bag. The toy, which was released. Wait, its butt was in its back? Yeah. Like, so it would go, like, you'd put the French fry in its mouth and its little mouth would move and go like, Uh and then the French fry would just land in the backpack, like, permanently on its back. Why didn't they make a butt? Because you can't put a backpack on a butt. No, but you can make a butt on a butt. The butt's already there. Butt on a butt. Yeah, just make a hole out of the butt. Kids know where poop comes from at that age. Science! (laughs) So the toy, which was released in 1996, was a hit until Mattel received hundreds of complaints that children's hair was being chewed up and fingers were being grabbed onto and not being let go by the little munchers. 
One oh. famous case centered on a little girl who fell asleep <gasps> and woke up to find the doll swallowing her hair. Okay. The parents could not pull the hair out and had to cut it off. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> Mattel released a statement that they were willing to give a full $40 refund to Whoa. whoever wanted one and began releasing the doll with a warning label. Oh, my God. $40, $40 for that doll? 40 snacks. Yeah. Imagine now. It'd probably be like $100. Yeah. I mean, Furbies got pretty expensive when they came back, too. My mom got my Furby out of a back trunk. <laughs> We paid sixty dollars like for it. Your mom got a lot of toys out of like the back. She of did what she had to do for her kids. Hey, I'm not blaming her. Okay. I'm just saying. So creepy dolls exist in all dimensions, <laughs> but it was Earth all along. Can I tell you something? I okay. wanted this Cabbage Patch kid. I remember. So bad. I remember this doll vaguely, and I remember stuff happening around it. That's when my little sister was born. But. I want. I I thought it like eight. I like. I'm wondering. Like, did, did any of the kids' fingers get they taken off? No. Okay, so they just had to cut their hair. This got hurt. Y'all just wanted free money. Yeah. Just. It was like. Do you remember there was like a recent toy that parents were getting, and like the little like sticky balls ended up getting really tangled in the kids' hair, and they had to recall them. That literally happened. Like. A couple of years ago with Elijah and this other girl because she like put him in his hair and then like or Elijah no, he put is him... no, Elijah is Noah's younger brother. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Elijah, I have a lot of siblings, by the way. My youngest, youngest sibling's name is Elijah. Now he's 14, but he'd probably be very embarrassed if I tell you. He put this these toys in Ainsley. This was this little <gasps> girl's name. Ainsley. In her hair. Oh. All in her hair, and they had to cut him out. <gasps> so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yep. So listen. Toys are dangerous, as we've learned in this episode. Comment below. Did you have any recalled toys? If and if you and if you had the Cabbage Patch Snack Time Kids doll, was it awesome? Because I really wanted one. <laughs> if you have one and you want to let it go, you can send it to. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's it for us in this Twilight Zone adventure. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know by leaving us a little review on Spotify or on iTunes or just saying hi. We'd love to hear you. Yes, and thank hear you for, for taking a trip with us into another dimension, not only in sight and sound, but of mind. Yeah. Until okay. next time. It'll be very soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at abiteofpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on A Bite Of. Bye. Bye.